Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God and good morning to all of you. God bless you for streaming in and thank you for tuning in to Old Town Temecula. I'm glad that you're here. I thank God for technology because we can still get the gospel out. I know there's quite a few people that are recovering and I'll say are being healed and are healed from COVID. And so we thank God for the power of prayer and we thank God for your temple of the Holy Ghost being restored by our faith. If you don't realize it, it hasn't been mentioned, next Sunday we will be back to in-person services. So everybody come back to the sanctuary 10 o'clock and we're going to have church as normal. My intent was to let it rest for 14 days, let people recover and we can come back and everybody's healed and we can get back to the way we normally do church. So again, next Sunday we are in session and we are looking forward to seeing you. Before I preach, I want to make one announcement to you that I am excited about. It's a good announcement. It's, it's ex- exciting. In September, we're going to start a satellite campus here with CSTI. CSTI is the initials for Christian Service Training Institute. It's a four-year Bible class college that is endorsed by our organization, the United Pentecostal Church International, as a Bible school that they recognize. This was started in 1973 in San Diego. I am a former graduate. Well, I guess let me back up. I'm a former student, a graduate, a teacher, vice chair, and the chairman. So I've done everything you can possibly do with CSTI. The point is... I validated. And the thing that is different for us this year, starting in September, it's the Monday after Labor Day, is we are going to have an on-site campus to where you can come to this church, you can come to the youth chapel at 7 o'clock, and you can have schooling, and there'll be videos, and we'll work through the courses, and it's done in trimesters. So Brother John Garcia is on our pastoral staff. He's the point person. He's the chairman for the local connection of the assembly of the satellite campus so as we move forward i know it's not quite september but the semester or trimester rather is 140 dollars that will be paid to the church and then you'll come every monday night for about three hours three hours and 15 minutes and it's a 9 10 11 week class they'll break for the holidays then another trimester will start after january 1st all i'm saying is if you are interested pay attention to some of the social media the emails that are going out you can click there for information You can communicate with Brother John Garcia. He has all the information. There's applications. So it's really organized. It's legit, okay? It's not just a glorified Bible study sitting around some table at the church. No, this is the real deal. Licensed ministers are teaching it, and it it really works. So if you're interested, think about it. You'll see advertisement coming next Sunday. There'll be a table out in the back of the church, and you can get all your information. It's called CSTI, Christian Service Training Institute. Okay, God bless you again. Thank you for being here digitally. If you're able to stand with me wherever you are, I'm turning your attention to the gospel according to Matthew. Thank you, praise team. Thank you for your production team. Thank you for all of you that are here making this possible to get the gospel to whoever has Wi-Fi, and I'm excited about that. Praise God. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 26. I'll be reading three verses, 73 through 75. Matthew 26. 
The writer says in verse 73 of chapter 26, After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I do not know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. The setting here is a sad story in Matthew 26. It's a muy triste historia. But I want to preach to you this morning. I want you to stay with me. I want to preach to you about this. Life is all about how you handle plan B. Life is all about how you handle plan B. Heavenly Father, for the next little bit, I pray that you would help me minister. Dispense hope. Dispense the possibilities, God, that you are in control. And regardless of our situation, regardless of our feelings, regardless of our emotions, regardless of the landscape and the atmosphere that we find ourselves today, that the Spirit of God will prevail, Lord, through a streaming service and that you would touch and bless a home, a marriage, a household, a mind, a spirit. Unctionize me. Let me flow in the Spirit, God. Let the Holy Ghost lead the way, and I will follow the steps of the Spirit of God today. I ask you as a humble servant, open our ears to what thus saith the word of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray it. If you receive it, would you shout amen? Amen, amen, amen. God bless you for standing at home. God bless you for streaming. You may be seated. Life is all about how you handle plan B. The success story of Henry Ford is one that is also well known. You see, Henry Ford is the father of the automobile and the creator of the assembly line. He helped bring transportation to the masses in America and his Ford Model T car. But what you may not understand was that the first company that he started went bankrupt. Even the second company also went bankrupt. But we know today the Ford Motor Company probably is one of the largest automobile companies worldwide. But it didn't start out that way. He didn't succeed the first few times. Maybe you have heard, you thought about Thomas Edison's failures were bad. Let me introduce you to James Dyson, the famous inventor of the Dyson vacuums that you see all over television. You see, Dyson developed over 5,000 failed prototypes before the bagless vacuum got its name. Not only that, he invested his entire savings account into his prototypes for over 15 years. Luckily, the vacuum, the bagless vacuum worked out, and now Forbes estimates James Dyson's net worth at over $6 billion. He didn't start out that way. He did not begin that way. Another story I want to talk to you about is, did you know that his first idea of Mickey Mouse was Walt Disney was rejected by 300 bankers because they thought the idea was absurd? What's even more inspiring about Walt Disney's story is that before all the rejections came, he was fired by a newspaper editor for, watch this, lack of creativity. Fired for lack of creativity? 
Walt Disney in the same sentence? That alone could have been enough to crush his dreams before he even started to pursue them. Disney went on to purchase the ABC studio in 1996, which at the time he owned the Kansas City Star. Now watch this. The Kansas City Star was the very newspaper that fired Walt Disney. It means that every newspaper that fired him had become a part of the empire that he had built. What I'm preaching to you this morning is it's all about how you are handling plan B. There is success story after success story. There is victory after victory. But often these are tethered, are connected to a plan B situation. Our picture depicts a man that had to navigate through plan B. Our scripture, the storyline that I've chosen to be my scripture text. Here's the backstory in verse 35. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. It's part of the backstory. In verse 51, and suddenly one of those who were Jesus sketched out his hand and drew his sword, stretched out, excuse me, and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest and cut his ear off. This is the man that in the Garden of Eden, they're coming, they're going to accost Jesus. And he pulls out a sword and the Bible says that this man cut the ear off of one that is coming close. In verse 75, then Peter remembered the words of Jesus that he had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you would deny me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. You see, this is what I noticed, that plan A was in full motion up until verse 69. And from verses 70 70 on, plan B begins to materialize. Thomas Palmer was the one that coined the phrase, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. There is something about people that are trying to move past their plan A that did not materialize did not completely develop like they thought. I begin to think about examples throughout the word of God, that David was anointed king at about age 17, and life begins to peel off, and plan A is, David, you're going to be king over Israel, and then David's life begins to unfold, and then Bathsheba enters the scene, and she changes the narrative, and it goes from plan A to plan B. Why? Because David got into the way of plan A, and something happened and changed the course of time. I think about the children of Israel. They're escaping Egypt. Plan A is God spoke to me. We're escaping Egypt. We're leaving at a certain time, and we're going to go to a promised land that God gave me. Plan A. But problem is there was a plan B. We're trapped at the Red Sea. I think what is so significant is they got the Red Sea in front of them. They've got Pharaoh's armies marching behind them, and they're trapped. And plan A isn't working out like it sounded so good in my house in the middle of Egypt. When we left Egypt, everything was orchestrated. Everything was meticulously put together. But we got out in the desert, and now we're scrambling and graveling to make a plan B work that we didn't talk about this, God, when we left Egypt. But they find themselves trapped. Story after story for 40 years. Children of Israel might have ended up with plan X, W, Y, and Z. Maybe they use 26 different plans. But my point is we do celebrate and we do rejoice with them because of their stick to that they stayed with it and they journeyed for 40 years. That was not a part of plan A. 
But they begin to work their plan B and C and D. And yes, they did end up in the promised land. And yes, they did have victory. And yes, the walls of Jericho came crumbling down. Why? Because they didn't retreat back to plan A. They didn't go back to Egypt. They said, God has spoken and God has orchestrated our steps and God is moving us forward and God knows exactly what he's doing. So we're going to continue from plan A. And right now on the fly, maybe we're working on a plan B, but I trust in God. I trust the words of God. I think about plan B, David in Ziklag. Outdoing God's will, outdoing the work of God, outfighting the battle with his mighty men and warriors. They return back to the city of Ziklag to find their wives and children gone, smoldering ashes and heaps of ruins that was not like when they left. It wasn't like that. But they are pursuing what God told them to do. And you will gain victory. So I'm going to say doing the work of God, operating under the will of God and the influence of God. And they return back and it's not like what they left it. They got a surprise. David's mighty men, men of valor. These same men that said, David said, oh, I wished I would have a drink from the well of Jerusalem. And these men risked their lives behind enemy lines at David's wish. What if you just said, oh, I, I wish I could have, and someone risked their life to grant your wish. In my opinion, that's some serious loyalty right there. These guys believed in David. These guys valued David's life. These guys reverenced David because he was a mighty leader and a mighty warrior. And he just wished, according to the scripture, and these guys jetted off to fulfill his wish. There's a connection here, but watch now. We pick up in the word of God that these same men, plan B is developing pretty fast. The Bible says that they picked up stones to stone him. Wait a minute. Didn't you just risk your life you were willing to for King David, and now you want to kill him? My friend, that's a serious plan B. But the story doesn't end there. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Let me just interrupt myself for a minute and float a thought past you. Is it possible when plan B presents itself or when plan B is materializing or when I'm trying to make plan B because it's obvious plan A is not working that I may have to encourage myself in the Lord. I may have to get myself up and say, I got to get the church. I don't feel like it. I don't want to see nobody. I don't want to deal with nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to look at nobody, but I've got to encourage myself in the Lord because that's what David did and plan B began to materialize and the Bible says that they got back everything that they lost. Wow. So maybe I'm speaking to some people here that you might have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You can't blame that on your spouse. You can't blame that on the church. You can't blame that on your pastor. You're going to have to get down and 
tie your bootstraps up and get up and brush yourself off and say, hey, no weapon formed against me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What are you doing? I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. I had a setback. Plan A didn't work. It's not working out. I'm getting serious with God, and I had to speak up for myself. Hello, somebody. Mm, I know you're at home, but I got to tell you, I'm in the house of God, and this is good preaching. Come on. I know you're not here, but I just want you to know, in case it got diluted in the internet, in the files, this is good preaching coming from Old Town Temecula. Woo! So plan B begins to materialize. I think about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas out doing the will of God. They're thrown in the inner courts of the prison. They're not in the waiting room. They're not in the cafeteria. They're not in the front row of prison cells. They enter prison. Way back yonder, behind guard, lock, gate, guard, lock, gate, Doberman pinchers, German shepherds, piranhas, whatever's out there. I don't know, but the point is you couldn't get to them. Yeah, you don't say, walk. hey, yeah, yeah, can I be, yeah, I'm here to see Paul and Silas. And who are you? I'll tell you who I am. I'm their pastor. Nope, can't see them. Nobody could get to them. You talk about plan A going to plan B. Watch me now, okay? They're not out messing up. They're not out looting properties. They're not vandalizing. They're not stealing cars. They're not running from the cops. They're not creating havoc. They're doing the will of God. They're preaching the gospel in Jesus' name. And they get arrested. Plan A was preach the gospel. Plan B wasn't on the radar screen. All I'm saying is, life is all about how you handle plan B in your life. I'm giving you examples throughout the Word of God that we know because that's history. We can read it. It happened to them. Oh, my goodness, that's bad. Oh, I feel sorry for them. How long were they in jail? Wasn't it cold in there? The Bible says that they begin to sing praises. You know, here's my takeaway. Them singing praises... It's the same encouraging themselves in the Lord as David did in Ziklag. So however you encourage yourself in the Lord, I say get with it. Get going. Do what you got to do. You got to sing praises. You got to fast. You got to prayer. Pray all of the above. At times, yes, in our walk with God, I do have to encourage myself in the Lord. And I'm preaching to a wonderful group of people that are streaming today that I'm come here to tell you in your house and in your kitchen, you may have to encourage yourself in the Lord when plan A does not materialize like you thought it would. Oh, someone in your house shout amen. Woo! I think about plan B, the crucifixion. I think about the Garden of Eden. Innocence, purity, pristine in the garden. That's plan A. God made man after his own image. He breathed into them the breath of life. (sighs) My beautiful image. And it was thwarted by the devil. Huh, so plan B, plan A didn't work out in the Garden of Eden? Not really. 
So God says, I got plan B. I'm going to robe myself in flesh. And I'm going to make myself as a baby. And I'm going to be born. And I'm going to save the people from their sins. And I'm going to eradicate the sin. And the blood of Calvary is going to be against the enemy. And so now plan B is I'm going to be a little baby. And I'm going to be born. And I'm going to do what I have to do to fix plan A. I'm telling you, my friend, life is all about how you handle plan B. Because plan B, as we know in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that Jesus came down and robed himself. He was born of a virgin. And then we celebrate Christmas. And we celebrate Easter. But what is so significant to us, my friend, is that, yes, we celebrate the day of Pentecost because he sent back his spirit. In John chapter 14, he says, I'll not leave you comfortless, but I will send my spirit unto you, which God's spirit dwells inside of us. I'm here to tell you, my friend, when God gets involved, often plan B is greater than plan A. And often plan B is more wowing than plan A. Why? Because that's what God can do. He can take a broken life. He can take a broken marriage. He can take a broken mind. He can take a broken spirit and make it better than it was when he gets involved oh someone shout amen Amen. Woo! and so plan b with god is better than plan a with tom durant's true statement put your name in the picture plan b with god is better than plan a with shout out your name plan b with god And in some cases, maybe some of us are living on plan C and D. And you say, hey, pastor, I would have loved to stop at plan B. Woo-hoo, I'm plan B. But I'm on C and D. Whatever plan you're on, my friend, hear me. Whatever plan you're on with God is better than the plan you were on by yourself. So the letter of your plan in the context of my message is irrelevant. What is relevant and significant is the plan that I'm on. Am I on by Tom Durant or am I on with God? And that's what I have to discern. And if the answer is a resounding, you are on with God, then I know scripturally and principally and examples that everything works out, not only in Scripture, in the lives that I've seen around me and people that I know. I'm not talking about stories of plan B and C in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Only I'm talking about things that I know of that have happened in my life. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know plan B, C, and D that has happened in your life or someone that you knew that still leaned into God, didn't retreat, didn't back up, didn't fold, didn't cave in, and they're still standing today loving God and worshiping God. Why? Because God is with them in their plan. Oh, someone shout amen. Amen. Woo! And so thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the blood against Satan. Thank God for Easter morning. And for the apostolic Pentecostals, we say thank God for the day of Pentecost. But the Bible is full of plan B stories and how they overcame. And the plan B, and often in most cases, became mightier than plan A. But that only happens because God is the author and finisher of our faith. Let me talk to you for a moment. Because I feel in my heart as a pastor, I carry this. With all that's going on, and I know we haven't been in live live in-person services for the last two Sundays. Thank God we'll be back next Sunday. But through all of this, 
Go back to March of last year. I preached a couple weeks ago. I remember, you know what? I didn't sign up for 2020. That was plan B. And the pandemic and the months that followed March of 2020 have altered and changed some of the plans of our lives. And I feel that some of you are probably on plan J or K. Long past the possibility of plan B. You've had some setbacks. And in some cases you say, Pastor, I'm not even sure what plan I'm on. There's only 26 options, right? A, B, C, D, E, F. Now, I won't go through all those, but you know them. A, B, C, D, E, I won't know. There's 26 options of plans. If we identify them with a letter. So wherever you are in the alphabet of your plan in your life, that's what I want you to stop right now and think about it. In your mind, get in your mind what letter your plan is. Think about it. Come on, I'm going to give you 20 seconds. What letter is my plan? Plan A is the original. So your plan is going to range from B to Z. Get that letter in your mind. I want to preach to that letter. I want to speak into your world. I don't want to come here and just go through the hoops of church because our website says we have church. I, I want to minister. I want to step into your world and help you encourage yourself. That's what pastors do. That's the tugging of our hearts and our spirits. And I'm pretty sure as old as I am that Everybody drifts off or falls off or tumbles off a of plan A at some point in your life. Probably so. Could you be born and finish your life and at your funeral say, you know what? They only lived in plan A their whole life. At my age, I look back, I don't think it's possible. So we're going to be in plan B, C, J, W. Get that letter in your head. I am living in plan, mark it down. And the reason you're at that letter right now is because you've had setbacks. Things did not materialize. Plans did not go as planned. But the reason that doesn't really discourage me is because here there's so many examples of the same thing. But the difference between here, watch me, and here, the difference between here and here is we know how it turned out here. And what our head and our heart tells us in the middle of the plan, but what if? And then we fill in the what ifs. And often as human beings, I get it, we fill in the what ifs with worst case scenarios. Most of us don't say, but what if God miraculously blesses me? Woohoo! But what if I don't get a job? But what if my marriage doesn't turn around? But what if I get laid off? But what if I get evicted? But what if my car breaks? But what? And we go to the, I'm going to say the negative. 
we go to the carnal, we go to the natural, we go to that. And, and God's trying to help somebody here today to say, whatever plan you're on, this is chocked full of victorious stories and examples of what has happened long before your plan J M L O P Q R S T U V W X Y wherever you are God saying hey I will never leave you nor forsake you I stick as close as a brother I'm as close as the mention of my name and maybe you've thought during this time I didn't sign up for this. I didn't plan this when I got saved. I didn't plan this when I joined the church. I didn't plan this when I walked away from my other life. And you're thinking that life was good then. We fill in the blank. Life was great then. Then what? Boom. Snap. So I can preach the millennials. Hashtag boom. Hashtag snap. Just like that. Life changes. And your plan B story becomes the narrative. Or in some cases, your plan W story becomes the narrative. An overarching sense of defeat. I'm on plan K. I don't know how I got here. I didn't think it would end up like this. I, I would have never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would be on plan K when I start a life on plan A. And God's here to tell you through me, listen, that life is all about how you handle plan. Speak that letter in your mind. Life is all about how you handle plan what? What is it? All the success stories, all the plans in Scripture and in our lives come by way of God pinning the final letter. Calvary would have been in, pl- would have been in vain if there was only a plan A option. Listen to me. I got a revelation on this. We know plan A is the Garden of Eden. I get it. But I also know that plan A didn't materialize. Now, I'm just a human, but I can imagine in heaven, right? Hey, I got a great idea. Why don't we make these two humans... Give them everything and just love on them and they love on us and it's us four and no more. It's us three and and life is great. So in Genesis, he does that. Great plan A. Problem is something happened. Something happened with the humans that he made. And plan B began to materialize. Sin entered in. Separation from God. I don't think that was discussed in heaven. 
Hmm. Heaven begins to think I need a plan B. And he begins to work the plan B. And because of his plan B, which is Calvary, I got to create a little baby. I got to redeem. I got to buy back. I got to remit the sins because people cannot do that. It takes my spirit, God's saying. I'm convinced after studying this out and talking to God that when plan A goes awry, we can't fix it. So my suggestion to me and everyone else, when plan A goes awry, jump ship quick, get going. Because never do you hear an example that anybody went back to plan A. Huh? Ooh, I went back to plan A. Man, it's, it's good. I, I must have missed it. Thank God it fixed itself. No. We keep moving forward. And so Calvary, the blood of, Satan, blood of Jesus is against Satan. Easter, day of Pentecost the Pauline epistles, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And then we zoom forward and find ourselves here, August the 15th, 2021, broadcasting live from Old Town Temecula, preaching a message about life is all about how you handle plan. Put your letter in right there. Come on. Life is all about how you handle plan. Put it in. B, J, W. Some of you, I feel you're writing Z. Where do I go from here? There's no more letters in the alphabet. Then you're forced to turn to God. You're forced to lean into the power of the scripture and the word. But most of us, I don't think we burn through 26 letters. I'm 61 years old. I know I haven't. Say, well, pastor, I've had a hard life, but I don't think you can burn through 26 letters. Come on, get a plan. What? G, E, again, understand me. The letter isn't that significant. What is significant is that God begins to orchestrate the difference of my victory. And in the process of that, I'm recapping a little bit on purpose, but in the process of that, I'm encouraging myself in the Lord, David. Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they sang. So in this battle, in this journey, in this walk, in this path, you have to find out, I have to find out, how do I encourage myself in the Lord? What works for Tom Durance? It could be a variety of items. There's no silver bullet. There's no maybe one ingredient. Maybe you're scrolling back through our archives, catching some messages. Maybe you're listening to something on YouTube. Maybe your playlist. Maybe your time alone with God. Maybe your worship. But somewhere in your life, amongst the plans, you have to understand, how do I encourage myself? What is my capability to help materialize my plan L? You see, because I'm a partner of it. I'm a player in this plan of my life. And you're a player, and you're a player, and you're a player in your own plan. 
The Navy SEALs developed the BUDS, initials B-U-D, known as the most difficult training program in the United States military. They want to make sure the warriors they selected have the mental toughness to remain calm under pressure and never quit, regardless of the circumstances. The best way to do that is to expose them to extreme pressure and impossibility of conditions over and over again. The more they experience setbacks, the more they can learn from them and develop their mental and physical strategies to overcome the obstacles next time. I've lifted this right out of the Navy program. It's not my words. This is their writings. That's exactly what forms some of the most successful people we know of today. They didn't purposely put themselves in difficult situations, but the circumstances they were able to overcome allowed them to develop the confidence in themselves to pursue and learn how to do things better. Instead, the article goes on to say, look at it with a smile and say to yourself, this is why I'm here. They put those soldiers in extreme, impossible conditions for mental and physical toughness to protect our country to bring freedom to third world countries that are oppressed with regimes on the battlefield they don't know every scenario you can't create every scenario so they train and they exercise in a variety of scenarios that are impossible to overcome so at that moment of freedom or engaging in warfare, or hand-to-hand combat, something in the back of their mind and their recesses of what they trained begins to come forward and applies it to the situation. The thought would be, I didn't train for this. But I trained for something similar, and I'm going to use this skill set to defeat and overcome, and in some cases, prevent me from dying. You see, we talk about CSTI that we're starting. I'm a graduate, four years of my life. 48 courses, hundreds of hours of studying. And you know what? There's some things that happen in my life and that I pass from this church. I say, you know what? I didn't study for that. But I know the things that I studied for. And there's some principles and some things that are parallel and similar. And the skill set that I was trained with could apply to this situation. And I wonder how many of us among us today... You say, I didn't train for plan K. I only trained for plan B. I didn't train for plan V. But I know what I believe in. And I know the scripture is still true. And in my plan, I'm trusting what I've been taught and told and believe that it will materialize. What are you doing? I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. 
I'm believing that God is going to win the battle. We sing it, we preach it, we tell it. The battle is not ours. What? The battle is the Lord's. So home, kitchen, living room, stand with me this morning. Please know this. Whatever the letter is that you've identified in your mind is what plan you're on. Please know this is true. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. They write songs about it. We shout it. We preach it. We champion it. We echo it. So I need to speak some comfort into someone's life and soul. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. It'd be like a soldier, a green beret, Navy SEAL, going into battle, and they're all by themselves, and they think, you know, this battle is not mine. This is a United States battle. I've got resources. I've got people. We've got equipment. We've got a command center. I've got higher up. I've got authorities in my life. It's not about me. I'm doing my little part, but this battle is with the U.S. in this situation. I don't have to figure all of this out. I just got to get out of here alive. I just got to get back to the command center one more time. And the U.S. will figure out who goes in next. The U.S. will figure out what equipment. The U.S. will figure out when we deploy and when we extract people. I just got to make sure I don't die in the process. That's plan B. Staying alive and staying focused. So as you're standing in your home, your living room, your bedroom, wherever you are streaming from. Even if you're watching this later and it's called an archive, I want you to follow my commands because you are watching it. And God is speaking to people and encouraging people. And my heart is filled with optimism that every one of us will work the plan we're on and God will get glory. And everything works together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. You see, that fits every plan. Everything works together. What plan you on? It don't matter. It works together. Why? Because I'm called of God and I love God. What plan you on? What plan you on? They don't matter. The letter is irrelevant. What plan? I'm called of God and I love God and everything works out. At home, wherever you're streaming, if you're in the building by chance, our production team, I want you to close your eyes. Let me pray for us, and they're going to lead us into another worship set before we close out this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that the Spirit of God that is upon me right now, that has anointed me to preach the gospel of encouragement, to preach the gospel of a refocusing and a rebooting, of whatever plan we find ourselves in today, that today becomes a day of victory. We're not trying to recreate plan A. Plan A was insignificant and small now that I've compared it to where I am. God, you are greater than any plan A that you began or that I began, that we partnered with. Regardless, God, you are greater than that. But today, God, I pray that you would dispense the power and the knowledge and the faith into every plan of those that are listening and that things begin to turn to victory. And we begin to conquer and climb 
because we are partnered with you and we love you and you love us and everything works together. According to your word. I pray it upon the people. I anoint them and I bless them in the name of Jesus. Wherever you're watching this from, I want you to lift your hands. The praise team is going to lead us into another set of worship. Just come on, let it flow into your spirit. Let it flow into your mind and body. Let it flow into the plan you're on. And to get one more touch before we conclude this morning's service. Ah. Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.